0: Blog Talk Radio to Fearless Fiction. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I'm so pleased to introduce my guest today, John Sundman. John Sundman is an award-winning novelist and essayist, and the author of several science fiction titles, including Acts of the Apostles. Recently, John wrote an article on indie writing featured on John Friedman's blog that received a lot of attention. It's called Lessons from 23 Years as a Self-Published Novelist. So welcome, John, to Fearless Fiction. I'm so glad you could join me today.
1: I'm happy to be here.
0: So and as, um, as people may know, I haven't had that many men on my show because this used to be very romance-focused. So I'm very, very pleased to have a man agree to be on my show. So thanks for being brave, John.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll use my basso profundo voice so there's no ambiguity. <laughs>
0: Well John why don't you, you've been work, you've been writing for quite some time. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about why you got started writing.
1: Um well I you know I, I was became a professional writer in 1980, but for the first 20 years I I uh, just wrote uh, I was a technical writer writing about computer topics and so forth. Um But I I wrote my first novel starting in 1995 and went through a million iterations and finally published it myself in in 1999. It was just kind of like this story that erupted from me, from within me. So it was like I tried to stop writing it, but I couldn't, I guess. Um, And since then, I've written... I wrote Acts of the Apostles, and then the next book came out a couple of years later, called Jeep Complex Devices. And I uh, kept doing it, but um, also went back to being a freelance technical writer and got back in the computer biz. So, uh, but I've been a writer one way or another for most of my uh, employed years between 1980 and now. So, well, actually, I'm retired now, so-called. But
0: well, if you're a writer, you never really. Retired, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, right. <laughs> Trying to sell books, you know. So yeah. Um,
0: and so oh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the types of books that you write.
1: Yes. What genre? Well, um, they've been called they've been called cyberpunk by uh, by, by a lot of people. Um, I, I started out to write a my first book. I was I thought I was writing a murder mystery. Um and, and uh it just happened that in order to solve the, the, the murder mystery I had set up for myself, I I ended up inventing inventing a lot of stuff that um when I wrote it in, in uh, you know, in nineteen ninety nine it was it was science fiction, but a lot of it is happening today. And I, I should you know, I came from a twenty a year experience in the computer industry, so I knew a lot about How computers work and hardware and software and so forth and and also am married to a woman who has a PhD in molecular genetics so I had spent plenty of time in molecular biology labs and places like that and when I wrote Acts of the Apostles I just uh, imagined those two technologies kind of coming together the digital technology and biological technology and that's what all my books seem to, to feature they they're, they're they're thematic i mean they're they're um the style of writing differs from book to book but the, those those preoccupations uh kind of seem to appear in all of them that the the impact of technologies on society especially the convergence of biological and digital technology so now wh- how do the-
0: you i'm oh, sorry go ahead
1: no, that's all. I'm just. It's a, You know, I, I. I didn't set out to write science fiction per se. As a matter of fact, I hadn't written, read a lot of science fiction, but uh, you know, I accidentally became a science fiction novelist. It just kind of worked out that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think sometimes you're drawn to what you're drawn to, and a lot of times I think you have to write a couple of books and to see kind of where your voice lands and what interests you. Like, for example. In my twenties and thirties, I, I read a lot of romance. I read a lot of chicklet type books, um, yep. and that was kind of to escape my real life drudgery as a as a law school uh, as a law firm associate. And so when I first then when I started writing, I thought that's what I would write. And in fact, my first book was a contemporary romance, very chiclet-y, very light airy. But as time went on. I kind of found my author voice, and that wasn't really what was interesting me anymore. So you know, you kind of, you kind of find yourself as, as a writer. Yes. I guess one question I have for you, um, because you have that background in computers and, and all that technical side, how do you balance including that in your books but not making it sound like a textbook?
1: Uh, well, that's a, a good question. I, 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 my stories were about people. Um, so they happen to inhabit uh worlds where they're scientists or, or computer engineers or whatever but it's but but it's it's um it's stories about people and real life dilemmas and conundrums and ethical situations that people find themselves in and and so um uh, you know, I put in as much uh technology as I need to to drive the plot. Um, Let me I can give you an example for example of how acts of the Apostles came about Um, I thought I would I was working at a computer company at the time and I thought I would write a murder mystery so um, You know The the standard formula is somebody gets killed and you got to figure out why and who did it and so forth so I was walking down the hall and I saw a friend of mine who happened to be a computer chip designer and he was staring at this large etch plot that he had put up on the wall with push pins and it was a computer chip that he was designing and he couldn't figure out why it didn't work and it was behind schedule and his bosses were giving him all kinds of uh, pressure and he was really frustrated and bedaggled and so I said, Scott, uh, let me ask you something. I, I know how to put a Trojan horse into software but could somebody put a, a Trojan horse in hardware into that chip you're designing and you not know about it? And and he turned to me and he said, John, there's 225,000 transistors on that chip. You could put the Titanic in there and I wouldn't know it. So I said, oh, here's the plot from my novel. The chip designer discovers somebody has hidden a secret function in this chip and then he gets murdered. So now we've got to figure out... Uh, who murdered him and why did they do it and why did they go to all the trouble of putting the chip uh, a, a secret function in the computer chip so anyway and then i i couldn't think of a good reason why anybody would do that and so i had to make one up and it turned out to be pretty science fictiony and
0: so there you landed and so have all your books been science fiction
1: well or? kind of yeah mm-hmm. yeah um I did a book called The Pains which is a short little it's like a novella uh, but it's illustrated there's 12 full color illustrations in it and it's it's kind of a phantasmagoria kind of more of a fantasy than science fiction but it's set in a universe that's kind of a, a a mix up of George Orwell's 1984 and Ronald Reagan's 1984 so it's got the characters from 1984 plus Oliver North and Ronald Reagan and Dick Cheney and people like that.
0: Wow, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Now, you've been writing for quite some time, and you said that you started self-publishing well before self-publishing was really accepted. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that journey.
1: Okay. Um, So, yeah, I I had an agent in uh, New York City, and uh, he took me through many revisions of the draft, over years and years. I mean, I got so many rejection letters on various iterations of the book. I mean, it was <laughs> it was a long and frustrating and uh, uh, grueling process. But eventually, I gave up and said, to hell with it. I'll just you know, publish it myself. So at that point, I didn't have any money. And I went to a local printer. And I said, how about you print the book for me? And you, you uh, hold the books hostage just give me a few and as i sell them i'll pay down the bill and uh and he said well i like your gumption and he did it for me and that was like a twelve thousand dollar equivalent of a twelve thousand dollar bank loan just on the because he liked my nerve um but so that was that was it was all just making everything up as i went along i uh i published the book and then i uh bought a real cheap car and I drove from Massachusetts out to Silicon Valley where I used to work and I had uh, book signing set up in uh, the cafeterias of all the big computer companies out there and I drove across whatever I could get a radio station willing to interview me or a bookstore willing to take a couple books on consignment. I did that and I, I got a website way back when very few people had websites and I put the first 15 chapters up online for free download and with a note saying, if you want to know how the book turns out, send me a check in the mail. And, and you know, it started getting reviews on various geek websites and people started talking about it and people started mailing me uh, checks. And they came in from all over the United States and from around the world and, you know, the word of mouth grew. And anyway, it was my first, I had just had beginner's luck. The first book, um it, it won the the uh, Writer's Digest National public published book award. That was how I met Jane Friedman. And, um, and, and it, it was great fun. Um, uh, I woke up one morning and my books were outselling, uh, Tom Clancy and, uh, Michael Crichton, but that was just for one weekend, you know? Um, and so I, a lot of it, I, you know, I, I made up as I was going along. A lot of it worked. A lot of it didn't. I mean, some of it worked, a lot of it didn't work. Um, but and and then also i put it available for for i i put it under a creative commons license so anybody can download it for free if they can find it it's not um it, it's um it's perfectly legal to to download my book for free if you know because it's under under a a license that um just reserves the 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 rights to sell it to me anyway so so through that i got a lot of publicity in the geek world but, but um, I, I didn't really keep up with the times, I think, of how self-publishing was changing, and now I'm trying to catch up with where the world has gone since then.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think some of your lessons, though, um, that were in, in that blog, I think still can resonate with somebody who's just starting out with self-publishing. Maybe you don't have to go through all of them, but what are maybe one or two of the key nuggets that you would like to share with people after your very long experience?
1: Hmm. Well, uh, I, I think that, that the, the number one lesson is you have to have a good product, and I I, I mentioned this in my you know top lessons learned. Uh, you have to have a good book. Some some people who give advice to self-publishing writers say. Just crank the books out. Write three books a year. As soon as you get 20 books, you can make a living off of that, and and uh, that'll help you grow your email list and just um, market the heck out of them. And I I don't I don't believe in that. I don't I don't think it always that that it works. I don't think it's uh, a satisfying way to approach your writing career and and so forth. So the main thing is, I mean, the first lesson is believe in your writing get feedback, work with an editor, uh, uh, take criticism, and write the best uh, book that you can. Uh, so that's one thing. Another thing is help other writers connect with other writers. You're not. It's not you against the world. It's you with other people. And, and I've had so much help along the way from people that I've met who are doing similar things. And I've been able to help some people. A lot of people have been able to help me. So... That's uh, that's another lesson. Um, and um, number, another word, very, very important, your mailing list is your number one asset. Don't neglect growing your mailing list. If you have anybody's email address, add it to your list. Right, so although
0: I found out myself uh, this weekend when I tried to send out my mail list, Google and some others have made a lot of changes and have, are making it more difficult for people to send out um, emails. So I, I may have to get a new email address because if you're using a free email, um, that doesn't quite work. Um, so yeah. that's all. That's also always changing. So that, I'm not as probably as tech savvy as you are. So that's like on my to-do list because I have this beautiful newsletter that I'd love to send out to people, and and then I can't yet. So
1: yeah, it's so frustrating, isn't it? You know that mm-hmm. that you. I had a, an email address that I used uh for fifteen years, and I just had to let it wither away because um it's not Gmail and it's not one of the big mail things, and it gets blocked by so many so many services right. you know right. it, so and it's it's frustrating. I like to have my own email uh address that isn't a gmail address, but you know it, it's impractical.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's, it seems like there's always a new hurdle every year. There's a, a new thing to think about, but I, I agree with, and it's important because, you know, they author, Facebook fan page, and also from my show. And, you know, like you said, I spent money ads, et cetera, getting people to follow it. But if you don't continue to pay the overlords, you know they they block people. So at least your list is something that you that you own yourself. And I, I think what was really what really resonated with me is the helping others, right? There's there's just because, and and again it's kind of like and also I think a corollary to that is not being jealous of other people, right? There's plenty of readers out there, right? So you helping yes. a friend cross promote is not necessarily going to, you know, it's not like they can only buy one book and it's one or or, or the other, right? There's plenty of eyes out there. So, um, and I think it's just more important to kind of help people. And, and even in this way, right? Getting, giving people a platform um, and cooperating can only make everything better. Plus, it's nice to be nice, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Like, you're helping me out now. I hope I can help you out a little bit. And it's, um, and it's fun, too. It's not like... Uh, you're just figuring you're in a lonely garret someplace, you know? Yeah.
0: No, and I, I, I always tell people with this show, I learn more. I get more out of my shows than I'm, I think my listeners, because I, I learn at least something from every one of my, my guests. So. Yes. And I, I think what I'm learning from you is that you have to keep going. I mean, obviously, it sounds like you had a lot of hurdles. Um, you had to keep working the day job, as I do as well. But you you kept at it, which I think is very, very admirable and were there times when you wanted to give up?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Times when my wife wanted me to give up. So <laughs> Yeah, especially at the very beginning. It it was uh I I was kind of obsessed and, you know, we we got really uh, uh destitute basically. For for a, a year or so there, and I was I was working menial jobs, doing construction or driving a, a truck or whatever. But <clears throat> it certainly wasn't the kind of money I was making when I was working in Silicon Valley. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. and so it, it was, it was really rough and, and my agent was saying, oh, it's a thriller. If we get a thriller, the, the smallest offer we'll get is a million dollars. And if we sell the movie rights, that's another couple of million. And, you know, so you, you dream these, these, you know, visions of sugar plums. and, and then when it falls through and you're selling books on the street corner for 10 bucks that, you know, <laughs> it's quite a come down. But I'm glad right. I stuck with it, and and it's and it's good when you get when you get a letter from somebody who says, you know, yours is my favorite book. I've, I've read it ten times, you know. I, I get I, I do have a, a, a bunch of people. I would say a good hundred people who count my first book, like, Acts of the Apostles, as their favorite book ever. So that's very gratifying, you know. Oh,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think every author suffers from, you know, who's going to play this character and in the movie. And and even though you know it's ridiculous to go down that rabbit hole, like there are times when I will just like watch a movie I am like, You know who would be great?
1: Yeah, yeah. Jody
0: Foster's a day to come back. You know, she'd be great in my uh, <laughs> yeah, She in would yeah i'm sure she's just waiting you know to to get my yeah. book that's not even like a a screenshot you know a screen yeah. um play. well
1: in, in in my case my 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 book went out it, when this goes way back like 1997 or something but but 26 bonded copies of of my book went out to uh by bonded courier to Steven Spielberg and James Cameron and all these, they all read it over the same weekend there was going to be a book auction that was so close, but nobody bit it. On it. So oh no! It was so damn close, but at least you know it was. It was almost a big time. Oh well. But. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I, I think I think writing. It's. I, I've been reading a couple of articles on this. You know, I think writers put a lot of pressure on themselves. Like, if you're not the big time, you know, then then your writing is a waste of time. And that's ridiculous, right? There's lots of people. Right. You, you're, you're going to reach a certain level, and it doesn't – and just because you haven't found the audience doesn't make your book any less valuable, and it's valuable to the people who spend time reading it. So, yes. you know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I think you, in some ways you kind of have to put it aside. I just started reading a bunch of um, – because, again, I'm trying to, like, gear myself up. I'm almost done with a book that I've been working on for two years, and, I, you know, I'm trying to land the plane – so I've been reading a couple of craft books, but even books that I've read before, just to kind of, you know, get myself all excited. And I think everyone's read, you know, Stephen King's On Writing. Yes. And I, I just think his most important line, which you kind of forget about until I read the book again, is, you know, your your first draft is for you. you got to close the door, right, and not think about who's going to play who in the movie, how people are going to like it. You know, is your neighbor next door going to be shocked that you're writing something like this? You have to really close the door. And so as I'm finishing this, hopefully this weekend, I'm hoping I'll I'll make more progress, but I'm hoping to to finish it soon. I have to remind myself, close the door. Don't think about what's going to happen to it afterwards. And don't think about how people are going to react. That's for the second, third, fourth draft, you know?
1: Yes. Yes. Do you want to say anything about what this book is about?
0: My book? No. I I won't talk about my books that I'm writing until they're done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> so, but a lot of my books have, you know, a lot of my books have, no one will be shocked who's read my books or are going to be shocked about this one. I, I write a, a lot about um, the mother-daughter relationship. Um, I, and so it's very much women's fiction. I write a lot about my own background. Um, I'm an Irish-American, so a lot of Irish-born and Irish-American characters, you know, frolic through my stories. So, um, but, you know, I, even though I, I deal with a lot of common themes, I try and always stretch myself and do something yep. new. And this, this one, I think, is really... Stu- that's why it's taken so long, um, because I'm really stretching myself. So, again, I don't know if Jodie Foster will pay, play anyone in the movie, but...
1: We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: see. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because um, I read a little bit of your bio and also the, the name of your, your first book, Acts of the Apostles, really got to me. Um, you know, to what extent... You know, it, it, Acts of the Apostles was was there some kind of religious influence on your titling that book, and in what way has your you know your background influenced your writing?
1: Well, uh, as we were talking before we came on the show, I'm Jesuit educated and and is, and I grew up Catholic, so I certainly had you know grew up swimming in all the Catholicism and and uh, Christian theology and so forth. And Acts of the Apostles is the story. The original Acts of the Apostles, um, which some listeners might not know, was in the New Testament. And it's the history of the early church. And the author is generally taken to be St. Luke, the guy who wrote the Gospel of Luke. Anyway, and and so I wrote a a thriller set in Silicon Valley. But the premise is uh, that there's a religion there. Uh, People look to technology for the same reason that a lot of people look to religion for uh, guidance for how to spend their lives and how to know what's important to them and, and really fundamentally to, to deal with their fear of death, how to, how, you know, to take, people want to live forever. And, um, so Catholicism practices, you know, or tells that you don't have to die. you can, uh you know go to heaven. And, and, um, and the religion of technology is that, that, um, you know you can improve your your body through technology, and and this is the dream anyway of the, the transhumanist movement that that um, you can uh, edit your own DNA and you can uh, uh, basically become like gods. That we're not quite there yet, but people believe uh, the, the true believers believe that we will get there. And so my, my 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 novel's a thriller about uh, you know a guy who wants to be a messiah in Silicon Valley and the people who believe him. But a lot of the technology that that he was dreaming about actually does exist today. Uh, so so anyway, that was that was the, the 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 that's where the title of the book came from. That's that's the idea I was getting at. The book itself has got mm-hmm. nothing to do with religion, other than this implicit religion of technology. But but the fervor, the, the the kind of like the the messianic belief almost in, that comes out of the, some of the Silicon Valley technology types does remind me of the the fervor of the early Christian Church, you know. So. All
0: right. Yeah. No, it's interesting. And I'm, I apologize to my my listeners because when I'm alone in the house and my dog is clearly barking at something. So apologies for that. But um, no, it, it's interesting too. That um, I'm also Catholic. I'm still a practicing Catholic, and I was Catholic educated, Jesuit for one of the tranches yep. of my my very long education journey. But um, but I think it really impacts you, and and a lot of times even when you're writing what is a very very secular book, and all my books are quite secular, there's still themes, um, and it's sometimes only after the second or third draft that I realize like, oh wow, there's like a real religion. You know, you could see the the influence here. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. I, I read an article, too, about, like, what constitutes a Catholic writer, because somebody asked me, I'd probably say, yeah, I, I'm Catholic and I'm a writer. So, yes, I'm a Catholic writer. But um, a lot of times, you know, if you are writing very, very secular works, you can't actually use that mantle. So, anyway, I I always think it's interesting how people background, whatever, religion or, you know, ethnic or just life experience, how that impacts their stories, even in a very subtle way, even in terms of yes. what interests you the right, you know?
1: Yes. And it's funny because I, I don't consider myself a, a Catholic. I, I mean, I was raised Catholic, but I haven't considered myself Catholic since I was 18 or so. Um, but, but I certainly have an interest in lots of things, Catholic. And I'm a student of the, the, uh, the early church and the uh and up through the middle ages all the 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 theological debates that were vitally important to people then because they they didn't have science or other ways of understanding the world this was that was it was vitally important to try to figure out how the world works and anyway i found that i i can't get away from it i'm you know i haven't (laughs) i haven't been to mass in 50 years but i still think about this stuff you know so yeah
0: well, it's part of who you are, right? I think, yeah, every, yeah. Uh, and, you know, especially in. your, sometimes your, you know, your first 18 years are, are so much, you know, like sometimes my things I did in my childhood impact me more and, and make their way more into my writing than, you know, what I did last week at the office, right? Because I yep. think it's just way more wired. Um, well, John, this has been really, really great interesting um, interview so I, I really appreciate you joining maybe you could tell people a little bit about what you're working on right now and then where people can find you online
1: yes well the the book i'm working on now is uh my prequel to acts of the apostles acts of the apostles is it's science fiction but it's set in a definite date uh, place and time which is the silicon valley area a lot of it, it takes place there in the mid-1990s and the the book i'm working on now is called Mountain of Devils and it's set in the 1970s and it's the story of some of the characters from Acts of the Apostles but when they were teenagers and one of them in particular is a young woman who uh becomes a de- dedicates her life to science at the age of 12 and um and it's a psychological thriller because she's a a, a talented scientist, but she is a child and she's naive. And there are bad people in the world who are, uh, you know, want to manipulate her for various reasons. And and so that's so it's it's you know it's 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 a thriller. And but it's also about a strong uh, scientist as a girl who grows up to become a strong woman. So it's been fun for me. You know, I've never been. It's been a long time since I was twelve. and I've never been a woman, so it's been a writing challenge, that's for sure. But uh, um, anyway, that's the, that's the the book I'm working on. I also spent a lot of, of put a lot of effort into my Substack newsletter, which is called Sunman Figures It Out, and it's a, uh, it's a lot of uh, autobiographical autobiographical essays, but also. Uh, meditations on you know the my preoccupations of biology and, and uh, technology and um, uh, the relationship of technology to and these to society and culture and and uh, just the challenges of being a smart or any person <laughs> hopefully a smart person i hope my readers are smart people but being a person in today's confusing world so anyway that i hope people will will check out my sub stack
0: great and then can where do, can people find you online in terms of your do you have a website
1: yeah i do have a website but it's it's down right now it's com. it'll be back up in two or three days so if anybody's listening to it this podcast after the broadcast date, but I do have a link tree, which includes lists to my, links to my sub stack and to various blog posts and essays and articles I've written over the years and to my social media uh, presences and so forth. So, so I'm just John Sundman on the link tree.
0: Great. Well, again, John, thanks again for, for joining me today. It's been really interesting to hear about your your very long and prolific journey and I, and I wish you all the best um, just to remind everyone yeah, you can uh, you can like my uh, Facebook fan page for fearless fiction and that way you can find out more information about all my guests and about all, all upcoming shows so many shows in the um, archives so you can check out blog talk radio or any anywhere else that you were able to download the show you can check out the others. But anyway, yeah, I think I'm setting up. I know I I had a little bit of a hiatus, but um, but I have a list of really interesting guests coming up across various genres. So please, um, again, if you check out the Facebook fan page, you'll always be up to date. Um, Also, I am giving away my free copy of my latest novel, A Safe Distance, and you can receive that free copy if you like, uh, or I'm sorry, if you join my um, newsletter, and information about that is on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So thanks, everyone, for joining me. This is Bernadette Walsh, Fearless Fiction, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.